Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and today we're talking about something that I know you're struggling with. In fact, you probably don't even know what the heck is going on with this. I mean, of course, I'm talking about your data, all the data that you collect, what it means, how you store it, how you use it, and how it can help you perform better no matter what your business is. We've got the exact right person to talk about this with us today. My guest is my friend, Ken Scales, and he's talking to us about how you can manage, use, and learn from the data that is all over the place in your business. In fact, he's even going to share some things that you didn't know. And if he doesn't, well, he's going to. Please join me in welcoming Ken Scales to the Inside BS Show. Ken, thank you so much for joining us. People have no idea why I'm laughing because I edited that goof out. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Ken. It's great to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Dave. I'm very excited to be on your show. All right. So your company, the name of your company is fantastic. It's Scalesology, and you have to tell us how you came up with that name. Oh my goodness. So the funny thing is I had a list of different names that we were going to start the company, something Corp, something this, something that. And I wrote out Scalesology and I thought, you know, we ensure you scale with the right data insights and technology. I mean, wow, that, wow, my gosh, that's perfect. I mean, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure, no, no way it's out there. I checked and the domain was out there. So I immediately grabbed it up, immediately, um, Got it secured, and uh, here we are. So, and it also happens to be your last name, which is perfect. <laughs> it does. It, it, it is funny. Uh, you know, we, we went to file a, a federal um, uh, registration on it, and uh, my attorney said, "Well, can you? You've also got to say that uh, it's okay for us to use your likeness with Scalesology." I started laughing. Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, it's okay. All right, I love it. Now, love it. tell us exactly what Scalesology does. Explain to folks what what you guys do. Sure. So we help our clients along that uh, business data analytics journey. And what do I mean by that? Um, as you said when you sort of started the show, information is everywhere. And so how do you really harness that information to get data and or get insights out of it so you can actually grow, scale, and grow your business? And so a lot of it, that journey starts with really collecting the right data. Um, it, it might be that you're using an Excel spreadsheet or you're using a legacy system, and so you need to modernize that system. We've heard of digitalization, things like that. And it's all about collecting, using the data that you're collecting, you need to somehow put it in a way that you can store it and process that data. That's kind of the second thing. How are you processing that data? And so we help our clients with that. A lot of it could be streamlining the data. We do a lot of application integration, taking data so you only have to enter it in one time, not multiple times. We then help you centralize that data. And what I mean by centralizing that data is I've got a lot of clients that have data within multiple different applications out there, and that's okay. But we'll help you grab that data, and then we build data warehouses, data lakes. I'll even talk to you about data lake house, and most people don't even know what the heck I'm talking about with that. So that'll be something fun to talk about. But then we do something real fun is we analyze that data. And that's where you get the insights out of the data, all the way from descriptive analytics, which are more of those BI dashboards we all talk about, to then predictive and prescriptive analytics, which then we get into machine learning, AI, random tree uh, calculations. Um, I can get into some crazy stuff with some of the things we do. But at Scalesology, the thing that we really make ourselves proud on is that ROI part of it, is 
we help you get, not only do you get the insights, but you can deploy it in your business in a way that you can use it. And that's the key to actually using information the right way. All right. So before I ask you how you got into this, give us a, give us an example. Give us kind of a, you know, a, a, a you know, a case study, a very quick case study about something that you've done in the last couple of years for a client. Yeah, sure. I've got one right now where we've just completed a building an application for a client that's a e-commerce uh, co-packing uh, 3PL company. And so uh, they put together a lot of the name brands you've heard around the country and they grew like crazy during COVID and they couldn't handle it because a lot of their information was done in quotes in a way that was through Excel spreadsheets. It wasn't an automated process. We built an application where they can quote it, um, not only the business owner, but multiple people within the company. Um, it then is in a, a quote sent out very simply to uh, a, a potential client. Once they get a yes on that, they click a button. It automatically goes into seamlessly into their um, assembly line system and then flows. And so all they're doing now is entering data one time, not multiple times, and everything is integrated together. So that's one example. All right, that makes done. it that makes it really easy to understand. Uh, give that give the example that I saw on your website with the with the oil recycling company, the cooking the oh, cooking yeah. oil yeah, the a- cooking oil recycling company. And it's time once again for today's Sandrowski Business Minute. And with us today is Catherine Raker, the tax expert from Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Okay, Catherine, do I need to file a return even if I don't owe taxes? So even if you don't owe taxes, filing a return can really be a good thing. For example, you may not owe taxes, but you may be due a refund. If you don't file your tax return, you're not going to get that refund. Additionally, there are some credits available that you could be refunded. For example, the earned income tax credit or the additional child tax credit. Another aspect of filing is that it starts the clock ticking on what's called the statute of limitations. The statute of limitations is when the IRS has generally three years to come back and audit or assess additional tax. If you don't ever file that tax return, that that year is considered open and the IRS can come back and audit that year at any point in time. All right, so you need to file a tax return even if you don't owe taxes. Thank you, Catherine Raker, for today's Sandrowski Business Minute. If you want to reach Catherine or any of the folks at Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, you should call 866-717-1607. That's 866-717-1607. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. That's that's a fun one, and so... What we did with that company is they had disparate uh, applications in many different places. And so the first thing we looked at it is, okay, how can we take some legacy systems, some new systems, grab that data, and then put that into a data lake and then use that. So we're, we're talking about unstructured data, structured data. We can get in the weeds with this. Happy to talk about that stuff too. But what, what we then did was, which was really fun with it, is that um, not only did we integrate that so they can use it throughout their, their whole organization, but we built like 40 different, uh, uh, different uh, BI tools that we put together that were dashboards. And they had 40,000 different sites that were collecting uh, used cooking oil. So with that, we could predict, okay, how many 
of those uh, sites were uh, collecting uh, cooking or it had excess cooking oil that we needed to grab, uh, that company needed to grab within a certain period of time. And then based on that, we could do routing optimization. So not only did you get a way to efficiently grab the data, put it in a way that you see descriptive analytics, but we started doing predictive analytics with the fact that um, how much oil are they going to collect per site and that way they can do routing optimization so the trucks can collect as much cooking oil as possible, as efficiently as possible. That's fantastic. I can immediately see uh, a whole host of uses for your services. So I, I started a company for Marriott uh, back in 1997. It was a corporate housing company in New York City. And we, we would rent private condos all throughout the city and do temporary housing for executives who are relocating. We would fully furnish them. And we couldn't, we had a real problem with housekeeping. We couldn't get consistent housekeeping, Marriott quality housekeeping from vendors. So I started my own housekeeping company to service those apartments one day a week. Well, you can imagine, you know, all over Manhattan, all in different places, trying to do that routing. Had I known you back then, it would have been really helpful <laughs> To, to I mean that was that was like I had a I hired a guy who did Coca Cola truck routes so that he could it's a full time job to schedule these housekeepers and the linen deliveries and everything. like that was all he did all day every day was make sure that no apartments got missed it was a crazy you know eight hundred apartments it was a crazy job now you could do it yeah. with just one application. So my question to you, Ken, is this. this is a, you provide an enormously valuable service, but how do people know how to find you, right? How do they know that, like, who, nobody even knows other than people who are developers that this is out there. So is that how people find you is through another software developer? Well, it's funny. We get a lot of our um, business through uh, networking referrals. Um, a lot of actual uh, CEOs, business owners, head of divisions that have a problem. And they might come to me, like they use cooking oil, I might say, Ken, I've got these applications, I have data everywhere, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm collecting uh, cooking oil too early in the process, I'm collecting it too late in the process, I got people working overtime, I, I, how the heck do I fix this? And so those are typically great referrals for us, and how they find us are usually from uh, different folks in different networking groups that know that they need help with information, and then they somehow contact us. So, but I'm hoping after this show with your reshape, a lot of people are going to be calling on us. So that, Ken, that basically, you're like an MBA case study with a data company mixed together. <laughs> Because every project is like an MBA case study. You got to figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And then you need somebody in the back end to do the, the, the plumbing, right? You need somebody in the back end to do, to do all the software stuff. So how did you, uh, how did you get into this and how did you, how did you develop this kind of niche business? You know, it's interesting. I didn't take, someone said, well, did you go to school for just computer science or did you go to school for just business? Did you go to school? And I said, well, and I went to school for a lot of different things. I started out as a marine biologist that turned into a political scientist that loved to do software development things. And so um, I, I, there was a tornado in Indianapolis. I grew up in Indianapolis and I worked at UPS at night. That's how I learned how to manage folks uh, as a supervisor. And then I... I started, they, they called them grunts. I was a grunt that pulled a lasher uh, on a wire that made, made the cable put together. And, and, and then they said, well, you know, you're, you're a college kid, right? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a college kid. So 
do you know, let me teach you how to put these electronics together. Oh, okay, that's easy. And like, oh, man, he's pretty good at this. Um, so, hey, how about fiber optics? And so I learned how to do fiber optic splicing. And then I looked the optimal way of actually bidding a project out. And so I got to where I learned, and um, after my then I, my bachelor's degree went back in, in MPA, but I learned that I could, tra- you know, my key is I could talk to the, the technology folks. I could talk to the business folks. And I could be the, the one that uh, translated the information from business requirements to uh, really technical, functional uh, reality. That's great. That's great. Tell me a little bit about what it takes to, um, to get one of these, to, to get a project. So I would imagine that, you know, your, your business model, to, to my knowledge, is relatively is relatively unique. Your differentiating factor is that really I can't think of anybody else that I know that's doing this. So when you walk in, is it just a matter of convincing people that you can actually do what you say you can do and then and then you get the project? Because I would imagine that nobody's shopping around the price quote because they'd have to be able to describe what you would do and they probably can't do it. <laughs> That's a really good point. I, I think the first thing I do is listen. I, I I tell a lot of people that just when you're want to refer me to somebody, just listen for information, listen for data, listen for systems that they need help. And typically I'll go in and I'll just um, listen to some of their needs and listen to um, some of their information problems. And what I always try to do is think about how can I improve their process, improve their technology if need be, and actually get a quick ROI for them. That's number one. Number two is I hire a lot of smart people that are smarter than I am that are great. My employees are phenomenal, um, and they do a great job of uh, making me look good. So. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about um, about like uh Using data for predictive purposes now, right? Because everybody uh, everybody knows about like Google advertising or Facebook advertising, and you know they talk about the algorithm and how you know how it serves up exactly the right ad to the right person at the right time. I think you're you have the capability of bringing that sort of um, that sort of process to people who have enough data who are maybe in the in the offline world like you were just mentioning the cooking oil company knowing when the appropriate time the optimal time to pick up the the cooking oil was you know and i also think about the demand forecasting systems that airlines and hotels use now what other businesses, what other industries have you worked in where you can take the data and help people use the data for predictive purposes, either for pricing or just general demand forecasting for scheduling and that sort of thing? You know, a lot of times there's um, two things. From a manufacturing standpoint, uh, we look for bottlenecks in the data. I mean, and you can look at time series data. You can look at some other things where we look at bottlenecks within a process. And so we can identify what that process problem is and most folks say okay can i can do that i can look at the data and figure out okay it's taking this much time but but then how are you optimizing it and that's the real key the other thing too is customer um, segmentation analysis so one of our clients we they had tons of great data but they didn't have the right type of data because they were getting into a new um, line of business and with that we had to go find publicly accessible data and there's third-party vendors that have data out there. So what we do, we aggregate all that data t- together. 
We did some clustering analysis, some customer segmentation analysis. And, you know, bottom line, here's the results. But, again, remember what I said, how are we impacting the business? What is that ROI? And so at the end of the day, we finally had a list of, basically for the salespeople, here are the businesses you need to be calling on. And here's a priority list. We'd have them on there. And so and by region, by zip code, and then they can go out and um, really have, make an impact because they were calling on folks that they had the optimal chance of actually uh, having success of closing a deal. Now, have you taken that capability and used your uh, political science uh, degree to perhaps influence campaigns? Because it strikes me that even from a fundraising perspective, whether it's for a nonprofit or for a political campaign, you could take publicly accessible data and say, hey, these people have donated to these type of causes. You represent a similar cause these are the people you should be calling on. I mean, that seems like kind of a, a kind of a, a a perfect application for something like this. And you can uh, mix and match all different types of publicly available data to find twenty super donors or two hundred super donors. Mm-hmm. Have you have you guys done any of that? We, we haven't. I would love to do that because that would really have my passion for political science as well as um, uh, going out there and 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 having a little fun with really taking all this kind of data and showing, you know, what is the optimum folks from a donor perspective, from a voting perspective. So no, I'm, I would, I would love an opportunity. Like yeah. That. I, and I, you know, I see all sorts of, uh, all sorts of uses for that too. For example, if you wanted to, um, enhance participation in midterm elections. You could look for people who were interested in the causes in midterm elections and who had voted in presidential elections, but not in midterm elections and, uh, looked for, uh, combine that with subscriptions to magazines and periodicals. And next thing you know, you've got a mailing list of five or 6,000 people in a local jurisdiction and you could sway an election because you're getting those people out to vote. You wouldn't even have to tell them who to vote for. Just tell them, hey, listen, this is where your polling place is. This is the date. Go there and vote. And that would be, and that would be the end of it. You know, from a, from a capitalist perspective, there's so much publicly available information. I use it with my clients just for, from, a, from a, a mailing list perspective. But talk about some of the, since you brought it up, talk about some of the publicly available data that's out there these days. Like any licensed professional, you can probably get their information, right? Either from your city, the county, or, or the state. What other types of publicly available data is out there for people just to go and pay and, and access it? Well, I mean, there's, I think there's any type of data that you really would want. As far as free data, there's a lot of census data that's really good data. Um, our government uh, collects uh, a lot of uh, good data, especially with the census data that you can really use. And, and it's almost like a puzzle piece. So when you're looking at data and you're, and you're putting some different things together, you're trying it, – it's almost like you're putting puzzle pieces uh, together. And so you might get census data. You might go and um, one of our clients was looking at real estate data. And there's a couple different um, uh, uh, companies out there that were selling real estate data that was a, it was perfect because it was a square footage. It was a zip code. It was the, uh, it, it showed business, um, commercial, retail, residential, uh, distinguishing them differently. And so as we were looking at um, some of the different models we were building, that was imperative because then we could really hone down the model and didn't really get to where we were trying to look for. So there's there's a lot of third-party vendors out there that are selling data that is um, 
you know, depending on what you're looking for and what you're trying to achieve, um, it's out there. And the beauty is with, you know, having uh, some, you know, data scientists with Scalesology that, you know, they're all master's degrees. They know what they're doing. They know exactly what kind of data that we'd be looking for to actually optimize a model. All right, Ken. So talk about some other, give us some other use cases for, um, for, for what it is you do and talk about the, um, some of the ROI, uh, opportunities that you're that you're most proud of when it comes to some work that you've done, and you can blind them. Obviously, you don't. You're not going to give us the the names and stuff. But what is the what are, what are the what are the two or three um, use cases that you're that you're most proud of from a return on investment perspective? Uh, I mean, I think we mentioned one with the, the UCO um, that that was really special. Um, there was a company years ago that we we did some work with some of the folks I have here at Scozology, where it was a landscaping company and. It was, uh, it was a friend of mine, and I went into his office. He called me in, and he had the taper up to here. It, it, was, it was interesting to see. And he said, Ken, I am I'm underwater. And I said, well, it looks like you're under paper, but same kind of thing. What's going on? And he said, you know, I'm really trying to grow my business. I do landscaping. I'm trying to make sure I keep my employees employed throughout the year. And so I'm transitioning also to doing snow plowing, but I can, I can't do it. I, I'm, I get these papers from these guys. I'm putting it in. I said, well, he goes, can you build me a spreadsheet? I said, well, I can build you a spreadsheet, but let's talk about something a little bit more. that's going to help you more. So with him, we built an application and that application helped him to collect that information. It, we, we put, made sure that the paper in the field translated exactly to how it was going to be entered in. Eventually, it got into, I don't think we had tablets at that point, but he then had other vendors that he had with it and his employees. So we allowed them to put it, enter in themselves into the system. And so then we just had to make corrections. So we took a business that was probably at $10 million, and he probably sold it for about $25 million. Wow. Um, maybe three or four years later. And that company for uh, at least three or four years. It might still be using it today. It's a, it's a large landscaping company across the U.S., and they're still using that application for collecting snow plowing data. So that made me really excited because I helped someone who was trying to grow, but they were growing their business for the right way to make sure they kept their employees employed. And I, I was that made me real Real, really excited inside. Have you, Ken? Did you do anything with professional services? Because there are, you know, there there are all sorts of um, consulting companies that could that could use the capabilities that you have. I mean, they have they have MBAs on staff, but they don't have the technology solutions that you have uh, that you have at your disposal. I'm also thinking of companies that are, are uh, firms that are involved in litigation, like law firms that are involved in litigation that get. Um, they get a ton of data dumped on them, and they use like crappy old predictive coding type systems to try and figure out, uh, you know, where the smoking gun is. Have you have you done any work in the professional services space? Uh, yes, well, I mean, we have um, one in particular with uh, uh, lawyers and and law firms that have had some forensic things that we've needed to do with data, and um, so we can take that data and we can look for outliers in the data or or look for. Uh, certain things that they're trying to look for and then put it to get together in a nice report that shows them exactly what they're, you know, what they're trying to find or sometimes whether think they're it's there, that's not there. And so, yeah, so some forensic stuff we definitely do with uh, law firms and professional services. Sometimes a lot of it is uh, how do I collect 
time data in, in, a, in, in the right way. And so making sure that whatever system you're using to collect time data is um, integrated with their financial system, integrated with their, it could be their CRM system, depending on what they're doing, but making sure that that integration's um, uh, uh, together. We'll either also build some forms for folks that are just looking for, okay, I just need to send this out, I need to collect this information, and then I need to go into my case management solution. And we've done that for some law firms as well. Yeah, uh, that's really that's really interesting. That's um, it, it's you know there are so many different applications. Who for you, Ken, would you say is your is your ideal client? You know, if I had to say it from a persona, so industry we are in every industry you can think of, and the reason is information and data is in pretty much every industry. There's a little, you know, from healthcare to banking, you know, the data is a little bit different from the restrictions. Um, same with professional services, manufacturing, distribution, but those are all great industries for us. Um, a lot of it has to do with um, speaking with a decision maker or someone that has a problem that we can help solve from a business standpoint. And the, and the important thing with that is then we apply, apply the right kind of either processes or, or technology to it. So we're technology agnostic. So we're not going to say, here's one solution that's going to fit everything. We really think about it. Is it just applications that need to go together? Is it going to be, um, is it aggregating into a data warehouse? So really CEOs, COOs, uh, head, of, uh, head of a division, um, those are really the best clients for us because we're helping to solve a problem. Every once in a while, though, we'll also talk to a chief data officer, maybe a CIO, uh, an IT director, and they're looking at us for, to help them with a particular task. Um, you know, one of our clients, we, they, we're the, the data team for them. And so they have IT professionals. We're just another part of their team that goes out there when they have acquisitions. We grab the data assets, incorporate it into um, their business, and then they move forward from there. So those are the two different personas that really um, are great clients for us. We're talking with Ken Scales. He's the founder and CEO of Scalesology. You can reach out to him at 312-809-3996, 312-809-3996. So Ken, let's talk about uh, data security and privacy. What do you have in place so that when you're working with all my data, it doesn't you know, wind up in, on the dark web somewhere? Um, how do you how do you make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll work with clients and in the environment that they already have set up. Um, and so for larger clients, they have an IT team. We're working within their infrastructure, and usually it's cloud. It's also on premise, and we you know we're adhering to those security protocols and standards. If we are uh, collecting data for them, it's in one of our applications, if you will, then we're looking at it in many different levels. One from an application level, one from the cloud level, making sure that that is secure. Um, again, there's a lot of different uh, protocols and procedures for that. Make sure the data is encryption, encrypted at rest. Um, if it's in transit, it's encrypted while in transit. So all, those are all things that um, our chief take, uh, technology officer and CISO really kind of looks at to make sure that this data is very secure because obviously we, that's our bread and butter and we take that very serious. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your kind of your entrepreneurial journey, Ken. So when you when you first got started, what did you were you like the guy in the garage with the Commodore sixty four, like you and you and another guy like huddled around at like midnight trying to look look at what I found? Like how, how did you how do you start uh, like a you know a, a data analytics company? <laughs> 
you know, I, I think a lot of it was I, I got involved more from a, a software development um, side and helped create a, um, I, I, I came up with the concept of the interface for a cognitive development tool. It's called Brainware Safari. That's, I think it's still on the market today, but it, we had patent pending for that. And it was really understanding what was some of those business um, uh, techniques. And there we took a, a cognitive development uh, paper product and, di- and digitalized that into a video game. For kids and got a lot of awards and and um, it was really successful so I think part of me is that I've always looked at it from a business side how can I improve either a process ROI with the business help them grow and and then I surrounded myself with really smart people that you know are as good or better than I am with this that we work together as a team and and our core values as scalesology is very important to us and so as, as we grow as a team, everyone's a part of that team. Everyone has some input. And, and it's really, it, it's just beautiful to watch our team work together and figure out and solve problems. And, and that's where I've kind of started. So with Scalesology, I was lucky enough to have a, a couple of people that I'd worked for in the past, and we just kept growing from there. So I got started just with really understanding a lot of the business and figuring out um, my uh, statistics in grad school were um, I, I still remember having, I, didn't, I never thought this made any sense, but I had to remember all the formulas and then write down the formulas on the piece of paper before the test and, and, uh, and then do everything by hand. And then later on they said, oh, here, Ken, here's a computer. And click, 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 and, and then here you go. Like, oh, my gosh. Well, I guess it was good. I understood the, everything around it, but it was, um, it, it was definitely a process there. So today it's so much easier, and, and, but, but a lot of um, our data scientists also have to know how to do scripting and some other things from data ingestion, and, and it's, it's um, a lot more complicated than it was when I was um, just doing statistics in grad school. Tell me about hiring uh, you know, brilliant people to do this kind of work these days. I mean, it was always, that type of talent was always at a premium, but I would imagine now it's particularly difficult how do you, when you need to grow your business, how do you find and, you know, recruit and retain top talent? Do you, do you have to sometimes go offshore? I mean, I, I work with a lot of people who, who are offshore, who are absolutely brilliant, who, you know, who do a great job. How do you keep your business staffed up in, in a talent environment like the one we have today? Well, I guess I've, been very lucky to find the right people, and um, we have a very diverse um, uh, staff at Skillsology, and everyone is within the U.S., um, but we have folks that uh, didn't grow up necessarily in the U.S., and so they've, they've moved here and, um, and been successful here, and so, uh, and that's, I think what's attracted more folks, uh, more than the money, I think, of paying them, it's really our culture. And that culture of, uh, and I, I keep going back to our core values, but our culture is just paramount to a lot of the staff now that um, that work at Skillsology. And I think there's a lot, there's a trend, you know, for and, and we're remote for the most part. So you know, we might go on client site, um, but a lot of our folks we have a daily call every day, but we do this by video, and so we do everything virtually. And um, sometimes we we'll have to go on client site, but I think they like that and they appreciate that, and so. Um, we'll have the occasional happy hour and uh, get together in person and do some things like that. But for the most part, they, they have a lot of flexibility in their job. And it's more about getting the job done right than 
being a nine to five employee. And you were you were remote even pre pandemic, or or did you go remote? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. I formed the company that way. I thought I want to do something different, and then um, COVID nineteen hit. I'm like, well, everyone's doing it now, which is you know kind of funny. So, <laughs> which made it made us not so unique, but that that was still. Um, it's still a plus that we are going to stay that way, um, even after everyone's kind of going back. Well, to the and you, side. what you, what it, it was, it there was no transition for you and your team. That's the that's the big thing. I I joined a consulting company where we had a we had beautiful office space that we all only went to voluntarily one day a week because we had happy hour on Thursday nights downstairs in the bar that was in the building otherwise nobody would have gone to the office ever because if you weren't on site with a client or you weren't out making sales calls you weren't really doing your job so if you you know if you happen to be flying in and out of town and you work from home on a monday and friday nobody really cared so we were we were remote like 85 percent of the time and that company today had zero transition when COVID hit, they were like, well, it doesn't really matter. If you want to come in the office, nobody's going to be there, so you'll be by yourself anyway. Just you know, And in fact, they've given up most of their office space now because nobody really wants to go back to the office, so they don't, they don't really need it. So you had that advantage right from the beginning. What do you see as the, as the future for, uh, for you and your team? What do you, what do you see on the horizon? Well, it's funny because I was even maybe considering some office space in Chicago recently, and but you know I, I just talked to my employees, and you know we we just what do you like about you know this is kind of what I do at happy hours, and sometimes bring them aside, or we'll do surveys, employee surveys. They love it uh, what they have now. I mean, they love getting together. Um, we'll have a uh, here coming up. We have the uh, Scalesology Summer Extravaganza where we bring everyone in. And, um, you know, we've got employee in Wyoming, Ohio, Indiana, you know, obviously a lot in Chicago here. And, and I said, well, what, what's everyone want to do this year? We did sailing last year. They said, we want to do whirly ball, Ken. I'm like, whirly ball. Like, okay. Two hours of whirly ball. We're going to have, then we're going to have a, a little a thing, uh, a little party after that. And then we're going to have maybe a little photo shoot because everyone wants new headshots. I'm like, all right, great. We'll do that. And that's what they wanted. So I, I like to make sure I talk to them and see what they want to do. And so far, they're very happy with, this work-life balance, and, and they work hard. They work really hard, but at the end of the day, they're not commuting. They're not doing um, – they, they get a little bit more flexibility. And that's the other thing I think they like, too. If, if they have to walk the dog in the middle of the day or they have to take a, a kid to the doctor and, you know, we have unlimited PTO. So that, that makes it easy for them, and I, and I find they, they work hard. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great – you're building a great culture there. Uh, pro tip, do the headshots before the whirly ball and the bar. Don't do them after. <laughs> You know, Dale, I screwed that up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might have to switch up the whole you, you astrology. You don't want the headshots after the whirly ball and the bar. Trust me on that. Let them come in fully done up, and then do the whirly ball and 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 the bar and everything else. That's the best way to go. <laughs> that's a good, that's a really good idea. All right, Ken. I want you to. Uh, I want you to think about three things we should take away from our time together. Think. I'm going to give you a minute to do that. Think about three things that people should take away. If you want to reach out to Ken, you can give him a call at three one two eight zero nine thirty nine ninety six. Three one two eight zero nine thirty nine ninety six. 
We're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Earlier in the show, you saw the Sandrowski Business Minute. We do one of those each show. If you need anything from a CPA perspective, whether it's a forensic audit or you need valuations, you need to give Sandrowski a call. You can find their number down in the show notes. Just scroll down right below the video or right below where you're listening to this audio, and you can find the Sandrowski Corporate Advisors contact information there. Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. So you need a business development plan. I don't care what area of professional services you're in. You can be a CPA, an attorney, a consultant, a coach. You can be an architect, an engineer. You need to have some sort of business development plan. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. I'm going to give you my plan for free. This is the same plan I use when I work with my clients. All you need to do is go to this website, revenueroadmapguide.com. All those words run right together, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You'll get immediate access to download my free business development plan. This is the same plan I use with my clients. I customize it for them. You can customize it for your professional practice. We use relationship-based business development strategies. We do use a lot of thought leadership strategies. There's no cold calling. There's no billboards. There's no bus stop bench advertising in this plan. It's 100% doable by 100% of the people who are listening here today. RevenueRoadmapGuide.com. Enter your contact info. Download it today for free. It's my gift to you for listening and for watching the show. Remember, leave us your thoughts down in the comments. We love your thoughts. We love your suggestions. Even if you just leave a quick, hey now, Dave, or hey now, Ken, down in the comments. We love your comments. We love to interact with you. I listen, I I read, and I respond to each one of the comments, even the ridiculous ones. So please just leave us a comment. Let us know what you liked. Let us know who you'd like to see on the show because we're here every day. I never run out of people to talk to, but I want to make sure I'm putting the best people in front of you, people you want to hear from. And no, those of you who are out there in the adult entertainment industry, we're not going to go in that direction. So give us some real suggestions. All right, Ken, what are the three things we should take away from our time together today here on the show? Well, you just made me think about dirty data. And, um, with, with that well, data. I, and, uh, I still want to know where yeah. that data lake house is. We have to go down to the Ozarks for the data lake house? I was just saying Playboy was a client I had at one point. We used to call it. You know, we had to go through and really look at the data. And, you know, exactly. Dude, data cleansing meant a whole yeah, different you had Yeah, you had to get intimate uh, with the data, I'm sure, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know the date. Well, I can I can spend a lot of time talking about the data lake house too. But I, I, I think the three things you talked about is something to leave with today. Um, I always like to think about information is is really the key to growing your business and figuring out the the most efficient and secure way to use that information with the right technology will empower your business to scale. And so. What I mean by that is, you know, don't take data and and it could be a science experiment. So uh, understanding what the data means and how you can use that to grow your business is is key. Uh, The other thing, too, is a particular software is not the software that's going to just make your business hump. It could be. But again, it's really about are you applying that technology or that software or the application or whatever in in the right way that it doesn't run your business but you use it as a tool to run your business, right? So a lot of folks look at software and they look at it and say, well, this is great because it does everything I need, but it doesn't do it the way I, I, I need to do it. So why would you change your business for a particular software? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Sometimes it, it could, you know, maybe you can configure it when you think. So 
Um, but so that's that's another kind of a takeaway to make sure that you are scaling your business in the right way. You don't look at it just from a particular technology you use of what else is up there. And so I think the third thing is let me let you know, hey, data lake house, it's great because you know, data warehouse, you're using that for structured data, data lake, you're using that for unstructured data. Why not have both? And that's what a data data lake house is. And you can have your cake and eat it too, and with your structured data and your unstructured data, and make it all. Well, do us, do me a favor, really quick. Explain explain what structured data is and what unstructured data is. So, structured data would come out of like like sure. the data that comes out of my CRM. That's structured data, right? Because it's absolutely. Okay. Think, think about it. Structured data is something that's in rows and columns. Okay. So that's going to be something that really easy to think about Excel, CSV, but something that's in rows and columns. That's a structured data. Unstructured data would be. Something like emails, videos, um, blog posts. I mean, things that have no type of structure to it. Um, and you can use that data. A lot of people do. There's different ways to use it. And that's why you call Scalesology, because we can help meta tag that and make it all work together. Yeah, that's, you know, that's actually a really interesting point, that that email data and all. So all that stuff, a lot of that stuff in, like, discovery and in forensic accounting well, accounting maybe maybe more structured, but like in discovery, you know, in the legal process, a lot of that is unstructured data, like text messages and all that stuff. So how do you, how do you so what do you do? Do you have to do you have to structure it, or do you use some sort of predictive analytics to to figure out what's what? Yeah, so we we had exactly that uh, issue with a client of ours, and so they're looking. Um, they're very close to maybe selling, so they're looking to sell their business, and and so they were they had tons of these emails from many different sources, and they wanted to sort them in a certain way. And so we uh, wrote some scripts in Python and deciphered it in a way that was very easy to structure the data based on categories, keywords, different things that they want to look for, and then different insights that maybe they weren't thinking about. And then we built a very simple application that they could just click with the click of a button. Have all those emails and it's sorted in a certain way. Have different highlights, different you know, di- different things within that unstructured data that made it into a structured kind of application. And that's that's how you so. Know. Now that I've talked to you, I it just got me thinking about your capabilities. And you guys are smart people, and you have enormous capabilities. But I'm just thinking about what the government is probably doing with all with the access to all the crap they have. That we some of it we don't even know they have access to. They they can probably they could probably tell you you know everything from what time I eat my bagel in the morning to what time I walk my dog to who I call on the phone. I mean that is like that is some scary stuff because all that everything is out there now. Every like if you have Google on your phone, all of your movements are tracked. Like I I went in and looked at. Last year, like you know, the last two years, I haven't been traveling all that much. But if I went back to 2018, as long as I had my phone on and uh, you know Google was active on my phone, every place I was was tracked. And Google, I guess, it's part of their mission statement, makes it available to the users. You can go to, go in there and see it. It could even tell you, like, so for example, if my phone was on and I was here in Florida, and then I drove to the airport. And then three hours later, my phone went back on in New York. It was able to tell that I was on a flight from Florida to New York. I mean, it's, you know, it's just really kind of unbelievable all the stuff that's out there now. And it's just crazy. It's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. 
Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And and remember, whenever you're building a story, it's the pieces of the data that kind of tell the story, right? So you might have lots of data from one source that you can piece data from many different sources. And so that's how they do a lot of the forensic stuff or if you're really trying to search on things. And it's taking lots of disparate data and putting it into a storyline, if you will, that tells that complete story. So... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, a lot of things All out right, there. All right, so sure. listen, rather than get freaked out by this, use it to your advantage. <laughs> use it in your business. Give Ken Scales a call. Here's his phone number, 312-809-3996, 312-809-3996. His email and his website are down in the show notes. Ken, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Dave, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. All righty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. My name is Dave Lorenzo. We'll be back here again tomorrow with another great show for you. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.